0: This is Strange Assembly, episode 308, The Book of Nod. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. We're here today to look at The Book of Nod. Now, although I sometimes review them on the website, I don't usually do video or audio reviews of Books from 25 years ago, but the Book of Nod is a special case. One, because it has just been reprinted by Renegade Games, but also because the Book of Nod is my single favorite Vampire the Masquerade supplement ever. It was originally published in 1993 as a soft cover, it had a deluxe hardcover printing in 1997, and now here in 2021, it has received a deluxe reprinting. From Renegade Games. I've only looked at the normal version. There's also this two hundred fifty dollar artifact edition. I don't have one of those. We have a video that is specifically showing a comparison of the physical differences between the two. So I'm I'm not gonna go into this here. This is gonna be a talk about the content. The content of the White Wolf version and the Renegade game versions is exactly the same. So the Book of Nod is written entirely in an in character perspective by Aristotle De Laurent and Beckett and a Machiavellianed Aisha. The idea is that right Aristotle and Beckett have done all this scholarly research to put together this Book of Nod which they are distributing in small quantities to select vampires and then Aisha has gotten a copy and is mass-distributing it to everybody, and that's why you are able to get it. The Book of Nod was really the initial and definitive presentation of the founding Vampire the Masquerade mythology of vampires as progeny of the third mortal and first murderer, Cain, of how Cain created other vampires, the origins of the Antediluvians who had found the 13 vampire clans, it's definitive as you can be in a game where there really is no such thing as absolute truth, where everything written in character is fallible. And lots of books, including this one, are internally inconsistent. They've had to update things, that that sort of one. But, but still, it's your single best look. The Book of Nod is split into three sections. The Chronicle of Cain, the Chronicle of Shadows, and the Chronicle of Secrets. It's then got some other stuff around it, most notably commentary by the various authors on those three things. The Chronicle of Cain is your founding mythology. The Chronicle of Shadows is a set of proverbs and guidance. The Chronicle of Secrets is a prophecy about the coming Gehenna. So the very first part, and, and frankly the best part, is the Chronicle of Cain, right? That's your creation mythology. It's written in a, what feels like a sort of biblical or poetic style, right? You know, it It starts with Cain and it starts with Abel, and then it uses this rhyme and repetition to flow from point to point in their story. You know, I dream of the first times. I speak of the first times. I sing of the first times. Right? You have Cain and Abel seek to please God, but Cain grows plants. Abel herds animals. God is more pleased when Abel spills the blood of his sacrifices to God, right? Then all that all that Cain can do is burn the plants. So. When God again calls for a sacrifice, we get to the most powerful part of the whole book. And as Cain says, I cried tears of love as I, with sharp things, sacrificed that which was the first part of my joy, my brother. So it's just dripping with angst, which is exactly the sort of thing one was probably looking for in a Vampire the Masquerade book as a teenager in the 1990s. And so much of the language here in that little section I just read, right, it it calls back to things that they have said a little bit earlier in the text. The first part of his joy, the sharp things, they're all framed before and then recast here in a different light. It has a lot of lyrical power, I think, and it applies it to the very heart of the vampire creation mythology where Cain becomes the first murderer. It's not just the words either, like those words I just quoted above are... The entirety of the words on that page, right, the majority of the page is part of a two-page spread of the murder splashed across it, right, with Abel on the altar and Cain and Rage above him, and there's this blood spatter around. If there's a flaw in the Book of Nod, it's that this most potent moment comes so very early in the story. After that, Cain is cursed, he's cast out, he meets Lilith, maybe he gets awakened, then you have this scene that Cain encounters the archangels, he rejects their mercy, uh, which would be to, you know, die instead of wander the earth forever, and then they plague him with the vampire weaknesses. The archangel Michael curses him with a weakness to fire, the archangel Raphael curses him to hide from the sun, and Uriel curses him to drink blood. And, and again, you have this combination of this, this lyric presentation and repetition, and then the fundamental... Significance of these events to the vampire mythos. You then go further on into Cain's story. He works with the Lilith. He learns the the first of the discipline. He creates the second generation. And in the course of creating the second generation, right, he's tricked into being blood bound to someone who then teaches him how to blood bound someone. And so he, you know, blood bonds the woman he loves, and then you know, turns her turn into a vampire because. That's totally what love means, folks. You know, (laughs) vampire, not the brightest and happiest of subject matter, right? This is where you get these presentations about how you create the first city, Enoch, how the, the second generation creates the third generation. They then survive the flood of Noah, which is why they are antediluvians before the flood. And then one of the curses on Cain bears fruit as the third generation of vampires overthrows their sires the 13 Antediluvians create the second city. Cain then, in turn, curses all of these clan founders to then have their clan weaknesses, right? So, I mean, all of this stuff is foundationally presented here in the Chronicle of Cain. It's just such an important part of the vampire mythos. The second section, like I said, the Chronicle of Shadows, it's a collection of sayings and guidance. Some of it's from Cain itself. Some of it is from individual clan founders. You see a lot of things that become the traditions being laid out. You know, respect your elders, don't kill your sire, respect domain, that sort of thing. It closes out with even less ancient and epic and poetic things, although, you know, some of them, it might be more interesting than more like folk wisdom. You know, the first to die in any jihad or the Nosferatu, that sort of thing. It's interesting, some of those later ones, although they're less epic, might come up in Chronicles more because they're the sort of things that someone might actually say, you know, in a faux-wise kind of fashion. The Chronicle of Shadows is sort of a, a less mythological piece in the middle of these first and third sections because in the third, right, it's the Chronicle of Secrets and this is about the prophecy of the coming Gehenna. Now, at the time this was written, right, this was all forward looking, and you would see these cool things laid out here that would then start to develop and percolate through what was going on in the vampire universe. Now, of course, as we look at it now, prophecies of Gehenna aren't really that important. The Gehenna pending out there was a big thing when vampires started, but now Gehenna is cyclical if it matters at all. It's not really an end of days. They sort of blew up the game line at one point, then it came back, and they're not going to end the game line. They're not hinting that they're going to end the game line. There's a big fight going on. It's called the Gehenna War, but it's kind of off over there and isn't usually something that even affects the the player characters, and and even if it affects them, it's not an end-of-the-world thing. So there's definitely less of an impact to the Chronicle of Secrets. It's it's still interesting to go back and read. It's still well-written, although not as well-written as the Chronicle of Cain. For someone reading it now for the first time, it's more of a historical artifact. But it was an important historical artifact, It really laid out these signs that came up into Gehenna that were going to get worked in, right? The last daughter of Eve, known by the mark of the moon, the time of the thin blood, the awakening of the crone, which, you know, actually happened. References to a black hand, hey, and then there ended up being lots of stuff about all these different iterations of what is or isn't the Sabbat and the black hand and the true black hand and all that stuff. And there's lots and lots and lots of ranting about clanless. So, if the Book of Nod came out now, it probably wouldn't be my favorite Vampire or the Masquerade supplement ever, b- because this third part of it just doesn't have the power now that it had then. But the Book of Nod was a triumph when it was published, and it's still pretty good now. As an old-timer of the game, I still love it. I think the Chronicle of Cain is as amazing as it ever was. You know, the Chronicle of Secrets is definitely diminished. I still think it's worth checking out and picking up. I think that those of us who, you know, have been in for a while, if you don't have this, I think you definitely want to get it. It's going to bring back a lot of memories. If you're new to V5, it's going to be very cool to sit down and really get to go through this awesome presentation of the sort of foundational mythology of vampires. I think e- even though the final part, does not really hold up anymore. So that's the Book of Nod. The original version was published by White Wolf. You can still find copies of that at not outrageous prices. You can also get the new version from Renegade. And again, if you want to see what the physical differences are between these books, we have a video that will let you do that. You've been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to this podcast there, on the Apple Podcast app, or in whatever podcatching service you use. If you don't see Strange Assembly on your favorite podcatching service, please let me know. I'm Chris at strangeassembly.com. You can also find us at the usual social media spots. We're facebook.com slash strangeassembly, at strangeassembly on Twitter, at strangeassembly on Instagram. But until then, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop Gaming.